coming up on One Day at a Time, also known as ODAT. While motherhood is the biggest gift from God, yes, we have a tendency to think that then our lives as a woman end at that point. Like mm. we're the mom, we're the wife, we're everything else except ourselves. This feminine, vivacious, creative creature. We forget about her. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Karina F. Daves. On One Day at a Time, we discuss the essentials and tips for the everyday woman and how to achieve your best life. Not just because you deserve it, but come on now, you were made for more. If you're new to the show, we have conversations with folks that I like to call the true hustlers of the world. Each episode dives into the heart of the guests and provides our listeners with balancing tips, the roadmap to navigating relationships, and demystifies the idea that we're supposed to be perfect. As we continue our series, More Than a Mom, this week we feature the ultimate motivator, Audrey Diaz Robles. Listen as she shares with us living her dreams of working in the music industry and making the life-changing decision to choose her family over her career. She shares with us her past insecurities, her current revelations, and her commitment to impact. This series is dedicated to all the mothers who feel like they lost themselves. I'm here to remind you that you are worthy, you are well, you are beautiful, and your dreams and your goals still matter. The spark still lives inside of you. My hope is that through these episodes, something will be revealed to you. I love you, Mama. If you're wondering how to start your own goals this year, or even a podcast and just need the guts and a bite-sized plan to get it started, feel free to visit my website at KarinaFDaves.com and contact me there. Or just come to Instagram at my handle, KarinaFDaves, and shoot me a message. And don't forget to rate, review, and share this podcast con todos tus amigos. And now, Audrey Diaz Robles. Hey, Audrey. Hi, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Of course. So one of the things that I love to do is have our guests introduce themselves. So you can say anything you want. You could say your favorite songs. You could say your favorite top (laughs) hobbies. You have 15 seconds to say anything you want about yourself. Are you ready? Yes. You know, it's so funny because I've been thinking a lot about identity and who we are and how we introduce ourselves to people. And I think First and foremost, I just want to say that I am a child of God and out of that gift stems everything else, which is being a mom, being there for my family and being there for other people. Amen. That's so beautiful. So Audrey, let's take it back to Mm. your, uh, just give us a little glimpse of your upbringing. How did you become who you are today? What influenced you? So I am the child of Dominican immigrants. My parents came to this country from the Dominican Republic when they were teenagers and they had nothing. They didn't speak the language. They had no money. They got married really young. Um, So I grew up watching them hustle. I grew up being taken care of by my aunts because God blessed them with the opportunity to get into the supermarket business early on. So they were there literally from open to close seven days a week. And I hardly saw them growing up. And I think that that really marked my lack of confidence growing up. Because, you know, we we need our parents, but it's so interesting how now that I'm older, and I look 
back at that time, like what a blessing, all of that sacrifice that they did for us, for my, for my, for my brothers and I, um, and the gift of that work ethic and that faith and that discipline, all of those years, what they were able to instill. And, you know, thank God that hindsight's 2020 that, you know, we're always looking, we're always going through things in life, but then later on, we're able to look back and see what was God doing during that time. Right. So when you talk about it instilled a a lack of confidence that you were able to see later on, did you see this in your teenage years when you were dating or getting about to get married? Like when did that spark for you that there, you lacked something? You know, I've always been growing up. I was very insecure. I'm an introvert first and foremost. So I think there's always that confusion between whether introverts are shy or not. So it took a lot of self-awareness to know that being an introvert does not mean that I was shy, but what I did have was um, insecurity because I, you know, they weren't around. I remember like third grade and there was a school play and my parents weren't there. You know, one of my aunts went instead. Um, But where I really started to work on that was in my late teens, early 20s, going away to college. And that time when you're really just figuring yourself out and who you are, what your actual beliefs are, and just realizing that, you know, that that lack that I felt was from there, from my parents not being there when I was growing up. So I was able to work on myself and ask God to fill that void in me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't at all that they weren't loving, that they weren't caring. Like I still remember the first day that my dad was able to take a day off when he started taking Sundays off. And they are the most family oriented people ever. But, you know, sometimes in life we have to make so many sacrifices and there's always a cost to those sacrifices. But I believe that when you put God first, he takes care of all of those things. And it's funny because something that I always talk about is, you know, how sometimes like you're going through life and things happen with your kids. And then you think like, did I just traumatize my kids? Like, is that going to be like the trauma that they're going to go to therapy for when they're older? But then a good friend of mine said to me, but what's life without trauma? Like, if you don't have some kind of trauma, what are you growing from? What's going to make you grow? So while that was hard, I always knew I had their love and support and it gave me a reason to grow in my relationship with God, become more self-aware and really work on myself and know that outside things don't validate me. Being a child of God does. Mm, Wow. And who, if there isn't trauma, like your friend said, who's going to be there to fill the gaps, right? Then at that point, you don't really need anybody and you can't, Mm -hmm. you know, come to the cross and and repent and just fill yourself up. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as you're, building um, and strengthening this mindset, right? Of understanding, like, I'm a child of God. I know my parents are sacrificing for me. um, And I know this is going to be good for me in the long run. You are becoming a woman, right? Mm -hmm. And as we become a woman, we date and we think about different things. We're no longer thinking about getting our paper and our homework in. We're thinking about (laughs) building, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. basically building 
uh, an empire, a dynasty building what we're what we just witnessed for the last 18 to 20 years, which is our family dynamics, mm-hmm. um, our family habitual habits, our family, um, you know, generational things that they're implanting in us. So now that you're an older woman, where is your mindset on the things that you want to build with your family and, and meeting your husband? Well, here's the thing. When I went to college, my father went with me and, you know, having come from nothing to building the life that they were able to build, my father went with me. I went to Parsons School of Design. And that first day when we were registering, had to pay for the tuition. I got scholarships and I got student loans. And that day he said to me, I want you to deny all of the student loans. I'm going to pay for your tuition. This is my inheritance to you so that you could take this further than I ever could. And I saw that like legacy for my hardworking father, mother that came from nothing, you know, in in a campo (laughs) in the Dominican Republic to be able to do that for me because he believed in me and that's what they worked for. So I took that like this charge that I had to now go out and create that life that they dreamed. And so, you know, I always talk about, I have a company called the Dream Lab with my partner, Sabrina Castillo, my sister-in-law, Stephanie, and her sister, Christine. And we call ourselves the daughters of the American dream, right? So our parents came to this country, they hustled. And then our dreams are different because then our dreams are self-actualization. You know, we're not so much about that struggle where we're you know, of course, there's always financial struggles and things like that, but it's not about creating a brand new life. It's more about becoming who we are and leaving a legacy for our, for our children. So I said right away, I remember thinking in college, I want to be part of something that's going to go out and change other people's lives. And to me at that time, you know, being growing up in the nineties, to me, that was like, I love the entertainment business. I'm going to work for Diddy. And that's what I told everybody I'm gonna work for Diddy so I went to college with this like mandate to be great right (laughs) and I told everyone I met I'm gonna work for Diddy so I ended up working in the music industry straight out of college and I worked for Rich Isaacson who was um, president of Loud Records which is Wu-Tang big pun and Jerry Blair, who was the guy that blew up Mar- Mariah Carey's career along with Tommy Matola. So I got to intern and then eventually work under them for years. And I became really good at it. I loved marketing. But then, like you said, it's, you know, there's, there's a shift because we're women and we want more than just a career. I remember I went out to dinner with a mentor of mine and I asked him straight up. I was about 25 years old at the time and I was doing really good in my career. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, how do you balance this business and a family? And he looked at me without hesitation, point blank. And he said, you don't. And I remember it's like the rest of the conversation just faded out. And I don't even remember anything about the rest of the night, except that statement. And then I had to ask myself, okay, so is that how I want to live my life? Is that a sacrifice that I'm willing to make? And it just wasn't. And I think that at that time also, something was changing within me in which I felt like I need to give back. I have this talent for marketing and what I do is help artists sell more albums. Who does that help except the artist? (laughs) 
So this God became this started the stirring in my heart where I wanted the family, but I also wanted to be able to actually give back to people mm-hmm. and actually have a, an impact in the way people live their lives and see themselves. And then that's when I ended my career in the entertainment business. I actually went to work in my family business. And then my husband and I got married and we started to have kids. And then things started to change again. <laughs> wow. How, how long was that period from you left that industry and you got married and started having kids? Where how long, how many years would you say was that period where you you put it on hold and you said, you know what, I need to start helping people, but then something else started again? What do you remember about that period? I remember losing myself. While it was what I know I needed at the time where God had me at that time, I was 26 years old when I got married. We got pregnant right away, like three months later with our firstborn. And then one year, when he turned one, I found out I was pregnant with my second. So it was like marriage and one baby, then another baby. And it was totally immersed in motherhood. And while motherhood is the biggest gift from God, yes, we have a tendency to think that then our lives as a woman end at that point. Mm-hmm. Like we're the mom, we're the wife, we're everything else except ourselves. This feminine, vivacious, creative creature. We forget mm-hmm. about her. Mm-hmm. So it was about three, four years later, which I was looking at myself and my body (laughs) after having two kids back to back, two C-sections, that I started to just feel discontent Mm -hmm. with my life. Like, you know, when you just wake up and you're like, okay, I have have a career, I have my husband, I got married, I have the kids now, Mm -hmm. is this it? Right, I know. Mm -hmm. And then being so young and then looking, at all the years left that you still have to live and think like, is this going to be it mm-hmm. for the rest of my life? Is this what I'm going to be doing until I'm like 60, 70? Like, <laughs> I know God didn't create me for just this. And you know what? There's like this guilt mm-hmm. with thinking about that Yes, because it's like, you should be grateful. Mm-hmm. You're so blessed. Look at everything that you have. Mm-hmm. So then you, you, you feel guilty for even thinking like, I want more. So you have your support, Mm -hmm. you have your revelation, you're looking back on everything that has occurred, you realize that a change needs to come. Now, the important thing I think for our listeners is, okay, I figured out that there is a problem. I figured out how it makes me feel. I've got my goal team, but now I need to know the how. Mm -hmm. What is the strategy? What did you do in that moment? Like, After you have a self-realization, I think a lot of us, specifically women and moms, just like you, we wake up and I literally see a vision of a million things that I have to tackle. Just like you said, my body, my relationship, my purpose, there's so many things that God has given us gifts to be able to utilize. How did you in that moment and, and what did you strategize on? Did you focus on one Talk us through that. I think that what holds us back a lot is that we don't take action. We stay very much in our heads. And it's kind of like 
the way I see myself living my life before was that one day I would just have it together. One day I will have time for these things, but I wasn't realizing that unless I set aside and take time today Mm -hmm. to work on myself, those things were never going to happen. So during that time, I knew I had to lose the baby weight and I got involved as a, in a a fitness challenge. Mm -hmm. And I felt incredible because I told myself before that I didn't have time because I have kids and it was selfish to take time for a workout for myself because I have kids and my kids needed me. But I didn't realize the life that I was giving myself by making that time for myself and giving my, my body that exercise because my my number one thing in life is that we're not a one dimensional person. There's so many people that just focus on their careers or just have this one thing that they're always looking at, but you are mind, body, and soul. And you have to make it a point to nourish those three things every day. And I was, you know, I was having my relationship with God, but how about my mindset? How about my body? What was I doing for those things? So it started with the fitness and being able to work out every day and the endorphins, like don't, you always hear it like uh, the, you know, the endorphin rush, go for the endorphin rush, but you don't understand it until you're doing it every day. And you see how that makes you feel so alive. And then when that makes you feel alive, then all of a sudden you're like, well, I have energy to do this and I have energy to do that. And it's just like this trickle effect that affects everything else in your life. So that's how it started for me. We can always stay in our heads thinking like, I need to do this, I need to do that. But it's not until you take action that God starts opening doors and showing you more possibilities. Um, I think it's St. Augustine that says, you gotta work as if everything depended on you, but pray as if everything depended on God. So that work part, sometimes we just fall into the mindset, well, if God wanted this for me, it would have just happened. No, God wants you to show up, put your part, and then he's gonna show you, you know what? That door, I'm gonna open it for you. And things that we, you know, Ephesians 3.20, glory to God, who gives us much more than we could ever ask for or imagine, which is like when you show up every day looking for the new opportunities in life, looking for ways to better yourself, God is going to even open doors for you that you never imagined that you ever wanted. So during that time, I started to coach other people. When I had my transformation, I started to coach other people because I felt alive again. And I felt like I found my confidence again as a woman. I remember I had stopped wearing makeup. My hair was always in a bun. And I remember literally thinking to myself like, well, this is just the way it is because I'm a mom now. I'm somebody's mom. And then losing that, the proverbial baby weight reminded me like, no, you're a woman. You're your own person. And unless you're happy, you can't give to your relationship, to your children, to everybody else in your life. And then I started to dream again. I started to have ambitions again because it just gave me so much more energy. And then my favorite part about it, and this is all discovery, like never in my life would I have ever thought that I would have been into fitness because I hated it. (laughs) I hated it. (laughs) Never in my life. But when you take that action, when you say yes to things, even though you're scared, God starts showing you new things. So what I started to realize is that the women, the women that were coming into my life that were attracted by this new light that I had, this new energy that I had, because that's what happens when you let God in and you let God work through you, you know, it's going to inspire other people. Everything God gives us is for other people. So when these other women would see how much happier I was, how much more confident I was, 
and they would start to change their lives and I would coach them. And then I would see the transformation in their eyes. Not even, I, I could care less about the number on the scale, but how alive they felt, mm. how much more confident they felt. That was such a blessing. And I knew that that was something that God was calling me towards. Wow. If God could use me to change other people's lives, to inspire other people to change their lives, I knew that was something that I had to keep pursuing. Right, right. And I think while it's in such a beautiful perspective that you have about I'm uplifting myself so that I can be the light for others, right? Because that's the purpose of fellowship, of shepherding, like through this, like I am being obedient to the calling that has been placed on my life. Um, did you have downfalls during those periods? <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Every single day, I don't think life is ever easy for anybody. And that's the scary part of social media nowadays that you, mm. you know, seeing everybody's highlight reel and then comparing yourself to other people. And I should be here and that, you know, Tony Robbins says that we have to stop shooting ourselves. <laughs> you know, we're always shooting. Should I do this? Should I do that? I should have been this. I should have been that. And part of working on yourself and making sure that every day you're working on your, your relationship with God, on your mindset, like reading things, listening to things that are going to make you mentally stronger and exercising your body. Exercise for me is about discipline, discipline over your mindset. And remember how I told you I was really insecure mm -hmm. and it was like letting bad thoughts come into my head and dominate me. But when you go on this growth journey and you work on this every single day, what starts to happen is things do happen in your life. But you say to yourself, why is God allowing this into my life? And how can this help make me better? What can I learn from this instead of falling into, and it's so easy to fall into the temptation of why me, God, why me? I'm just going to sit on this couch, eat ice cream and watch TV. Mm -hmm. But it's a choice. And I actually wrote about this today when I'm working out, I'm always thinking about all these motivational things. And this morning, my thoughts were, you know, every day we wake up and we have to ask ourselves, am I going to show up to my life today as the victim or the victor? Because ultimately, you cannot change anything that happens in your life. You can't change other people, but you can change how you choose to see them and if you let those things steal your joy or not. Mm-hmm which is the plot, right? Like that's the enemy's plot to steal, kill and destroy. Right. And I remember listening um, to a sermon once that said, yes, you survived, you know, that rare incident where you lost something profound, but did he steal your joy mm. from that moment? And I think it's such a, reminder that we have to do that self-analysis over and over again. Like you're saying, um, you know, perspective and, and, and making sure that our perspective um, isn't being skewed because if it is, or if we're looking at it from a bad angle, it can actually paralyze us yeah. rather than move us on. Right. Like how many people have you um, come into your journey and their perspective is just like is just off um, and you're like, wait, but there's good in that, you know, and it's difficult to break through um, 
break through that. And now, so you're at a point where fitness check, but you woke up that morning wanting more than fitness, mm-hmm. right? So what is the next thing? Impact. Impact. Okay. Talk to me about that. You know, being a marketing major, Maslow's hierarchy of needs always sticks out in my head. And it's this scale that we're always climbing. And it goes back to what I told you with our purpose with the dream lab, which is Mm self-actualization and contribution. So for me right now, it's, you know, my ability to be mentally strong and to know that God's got my back, no matter if the world is crashing around me, Mm -hmm. to be able to share that strength with other women so that they know that even on their darkest day, God is using all of that for a purpose. If you're Mm -hmm. still alive, if you're still breathing, there is purpose there. And I think that even when I work out, because working out for me is a greater analogy for all of life. So even when I work out and I have my kids watching me, like when I was pregnant, everyone would criticize my last pregnancy, my third pregnancy, everyone would criticize me like, you shouldn't be working out, jumping around like that with that big belly, you're going to harm the baby. And I'm like, no, like if anyone watches me work out now, when I post my videos, like my 16 month old is squatting with me. He helps me with all of the moves. And that's a blessing because when we think about everything that we've gone through in life, everything that we're going through in life, are we the adult that we want our children to become? Mm-hmm. We don't think about that enough. I, I speak to a lot of moms that don't take care of themselves. There's so much about their kids. And it, it's like, well, do you realize that everything that you're doing, they're watching? And they're going to take notes from you on how to act when things happen. Wow. They're going to be able to see when you break down, how did you handle that? Or were you strong? There's one day when my son was younger, you know, my, my oldest, when he was three was uh, diagnosed that he needed speech and occupational therapy. He actually came out at the bottom three percentile for his age. And that was devastating to me back then. And I remember one day when he was about five years old, I, he woke up early and I was doing a workout. And I remember this workout because it's 88 burpees throughout the entire workout. And I'm there like dying tired. And he's like, mommy, why why don't you just give up? Because that's what I do when things get hard. And I remember I got up, I turned around and I faced him and I said, no, when things get hard, you go harder. And I turned around and I knocked out all of those burpees for him. And it's beautiful because last week um, I go into his room to say goodnight and I see he's writing in, in this journal his dad got him and it's like a, uh, it has cues and it asks him like, who do you look up to when things are hard, when you're having a hard day? And he wrote my mommy. He's like, what does your mommy say on those days? And then he wrote in to keep going, to not give up. Wow. And it's like, I didn't ask him to go write in his journal. I, but it touched me so much to know, like, okay, even though I have hard days, even though sometimes I feel like a fraud and I feel like giving up Mm -hmm. that right there won't give me, won't let me give up because I'm obviously making an impact. Wow. 
That's so beautiful because um, it's deep. It's deeper than just fulfilling yourself and building up your strength, but it's about strengthening others and making that impact, right? Like with your children and I, I, um, I never think it's too early to pray for our children's children. You know what I mean? Like the generation to come because that's what we're building. I mean, I'm even thinking back to like your family story and while those sacrifices were made, like I'm sure the things that are happening with you now, they wanted that, that that's what they were working for. You know what I mean? Um, and so let's take it back to that dinner with your mentor mm-hmm. who says it's not, it's not possible to balance your family and all these goals and your career. And, uh, it's just not possible. You know, what's interesting. I've been thinking a lot about how we have these dreams and sometimes we get married to those dreams that this is the way it's supposed to be. This is what I want, God. So can you bless what I want? Not knowing, you know, like scripture says in Isaiah, God's ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. How you have this purpose and you think it looks one way, but it doesn't. And just because it doesn't turn out the way you expected it, the way you planned, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be living that most fulfilling, most purpose, purposeful version of your life. I'll never forget. Um, I heard somebody preaching one day talking about how their, their child came into the kitchen and they saw a fly swatter. You know, the, the three, think of a three-year-old, how innocent they are and, and like funny and they grabbed the fly swatter and they started licking the fly swatter. And they're like, no, 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 that's not what you want. Because, right, we have this like innate need, this innate desire for more to make an impact for connection. So then they said, this is what you want. And they went to the freezer and they took out an ice pop and they gave their child the ice pop. Because as a parent, they recognize they, they want to lick something. They want that, sen- that sensation. And sometimes we pick the fly swatter. We think this is what we want, right? We do this so, so many times with God. This is it, God. So bless this. This is my plan. Bless this. And then God's like, no, I see your need. And I know what I created you for. Here, take this ice pop. This is what's going to satisfy your desire. This is what you need. Wow. So for you, what you're basically saying is in that moment when you were asking your mentor that question, you had a specific idea of what balancing it all meant. But God has a different vision for what balancing it means. Balancing doesn't mean a hundred straight days of perfection. Balancing means growing. And the only way to grow is to be stretched, is to have the down day so you can lean on him, is to have those deeper conversations, is to have the impact, is to have the moments where you cry, is to have the moments where the milk spills, right? Like that is the balance of having all of that. Um, that that's so beautiful. And I think balance, I don't believe in it mm-hmm. because at any different moment in your life, you're going to have one priority that falls above the rest. 
Right. And then the next season of your life, it's going to switch around completely. Mm-hmm. And I remember two years ago, I had just come out of a season where it was like hustle, 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 morning and night hustle. And I achieved so many things in my career and my, my income. And then I burnt out. And I remember my word for the year was grace, grace, because I just found myself taking a major step back. I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram. Yes. Okay. So I'm an Enneagram three, (laughs) which means that I'm always hustling, (laughs) always hustling for attention. And the beautiful thing about the Enneagram is that it shows you where you need to be shifting to go into a place of peace and at your best. And it shows you what it looks like when you're stressed. So I saw myself going into the places of stress, which is completely not wanting to do anything, sitting on the couch, watching Netflix all day. And then I said to myself, you have to learn to be okay with this season. You have to learn that you are a human being, not a human doing, which was major for me at that time and what happens is that sometimes we're so in it that we see that we need to be doing this that we need to be doing that and we need to be doing all of these things and sometimes it's okay to just sit there and zoom out and see what's the bigger picture right now now tony robbins says that we overestimate what we can do in one year and underestimate what we can do in five years And I think that when we take that step back and look, then you know you needed those seasons of rest. You needed those seasons where you were doubting yourself because if you weren't doubting yourself, then you wouldn't be leaning on God and leaning on the things that make you stronger, a routine to get you through every day to then equip you for those moments in which he's going to open the the doors that you had been preparing all that time for. Wow. And Audrey, I know you say you're an introvert, but mm-hmm. <laughs> but your impact is so, so profound. Um, what you just said there, I realized in that moment that I should be a human being and not a human doing, that hit me really hard. And I think that for our listeners, the world teaches us to be human doing mm-hmm. constantly climbing the ladder of success, doing something every single day in order to be what the world says is normal or overaccomplished. Um, and I think for our listeners out there who are first generation or whose parents are immigrants um, or even, you know, people of color, Latinas, um, you know, our black women listening, like the struggle is, 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 there and it's always pushing us to be more and i think that through that process we forget just being and that's so profound that's so profound um i love to um end our podcast with telling our listeners in 10 to 15 seconds anything you want to tell them about everything you've learned (laughs) in your life so far (laughs) it's deep But for everybody listening, what is it that you've learned all these years that you want to encapsulate in the next 10 to 15 seconds? Confidence isn't something that you're born with. It isn't something that you just have. Confidence is number one, 
developing the skill set that you need to work towards your goals and putting it into practice. So when you show up every day, you work on your mindset, you work on your relationship with God, you work on your fitness and you get that harmony going in your life and you just decide to show up every day, you're going to see how God takes care of the rest and the doors open. And you know that no matter what happens, all you need is to just keep going and you're going to see how confident you become. Amen. Amen. Audrey, Hermana, I just want to thank you so much um, for being here with me today, for instilling so many just gems and um, just for being inspiring and for doing all the things that you're doing. Um, gracias. Tantas, tantas gracias um, for being on One Day at a Time, also known as ODAT, the place where I love to interview the true hustlers of the world. Gracias. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless everybody listening. <laughs> Thank you.